Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with my friend, Lindsay Means. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you have heard her on here before. She is a human design genius. I don't even want to call her an expert. She literally knows so much about human design, and she will explain to you what that is in this episode because I fail to fully explain it correctly every single time. So... (laughs) definitely, definitely listen to her and not me when it comes to human design. In this episode, we're talking about communication. We're talking about boundaries and we're talking about sex. And it only it's only for a second. So sex is actually a topic that makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm diving into that myself in my personal life. But um, the reason I'm saying this is because this podcast is not just about the salon. It is not just about your business. It is about your life. It is about how to enhance and grow in all different kind of ways within your life because at the end of the day it's all meshed together right you know I've said before it's not about work-life balance it's about work-life flow because your life is your life you are it is your life when you are at work it is your life when you are not at work so we have conversations on this podcast that Go beyond business, go beyond the salon, go beyond the hair world. Um, So definitely, definitely keep an open mind if you are a new listener to all of the conversations that we have here. Um, If you are an old listener, you already know this and you don't need this this paragraph at all. So... (laughs) Please, please enjoy. And before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you that my applications for one-on-one coaching are open. Now, here's the deal. I'm only taking a couple spots per month. One of the spots is already gone, okay? So if you have been on the fence 
fill out the application. You can go on um, the link in the bio or the link in the show notes and you can get all of the information on what one-on-one coaching looks like. And if it is something that is speaking to you, go ahead, fill out the application. Let's hop on a call and let's see if it is right for you. I want to help you get your financial shit together, create a work-life flow, create a business that you love, all of the things. Create a life that you love. Like I was saying earlier, it's it's at the end of the day, this is your life and I want you to enjoy it. Um, you deserve to enjoy it. So one-on-one applications are open. Go check it out. There's a link in the show notes or on my Instagram, link in the bio. Um, and enjoy this episode. Welcome Lindsay Means once again. Hello, my beautiful friend. How are you, Lindsay Means? I'm doing amazing. I'm so excited <laughs> about this conversation. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Before we start, because I think we're going to talk about communication today, which I'm very pumped on because that is like one of my favorite topics. Mm. Um, tell the people who you are and what you do. So my name is Lindsay Means, and I'm a former hairstylist of over 10 years. And now I'm a human design expert and guide, and I love helping my clients feel better behind the chair by understanding how their energy works through the lens of human design. I help them do inner work and ultimately recognize how powerful, unique, and loved they are so they can start living the life of their wildest dreams. So I want you to um, explain what human design is for me because I recently put your our replay from your podcast on and the intro, I was like, you have to ask Lindsay, like go DM Lindsay. I don't know how to explain it. I love human design. I love knowing like a little bit more about like what I'm meant to do, but I don't know how to explain it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got you. <laughs> um So simply put, human design is all about energy and it's like an operation manual for your mind and your body. So your body is the all intelligent vehicle. It, it breathes on its own. It heals itself. Your subconscious mind is creating your reality and your soul, your spirit, who you are, you're designed to be the passenger and just enjoy the freaking ride. Mm. But (laughs) due to conditioning, due to how we grew up, due to all of the other things, we're sitting in the passenger seat trying to take over the wheel. And that's why we feel such discord in our body. So human design is like, here is your operation manual so that you can allow your vehicle that you live in to just do its thing so you can enjoy the ride. And it combines ancient modalities of astrology, Kabbalah, I Ching, the chakra system, and quantum mechanics. It uses your birthday to create your individualized energetic blueprint. And you can Google human design chart and go get it. And I just have to give you a warning. When you pull it up, you might say, what the hell am I looking at? <laughs> oh, a hun- you 100% are going to say that because it literally looks like hieroglyphics. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it has weird terminology. Like you're a manifester. I'm a manifesting generator. Um, I like to say it's like an alien language and I'm a really good translator. And it this modality is wild. Like it goes so deep. It'll tell you about your life purpose. It'll help you run your business. It'll help you with communication and relationships and personal development. But at the end of the day, there's really only three things that you need to know. And that's your type, which is your energetic aura, your strategy, which is how you put your body into cruise control. And then your authority, which is your decision-making mechanism. So you can trust yourself when making decisions. And that one's a really powerful one because I don't know about you, but I didn't trust myself. And I was constantly going against my body and making the wrong decisions 
And so now I just let my body lead and it, it makes it so much easier. Um, yes. But you can Google all that stuff or you can DM me and we can chat. Um, but those are the only things you really need to know. All of the other stuff is just like bonus. Yeah, you see, you say that so much better than I would. <laughs> well, and you know what my I was job. thinking about? Before we get into our like real conversation, I was thinking about this recently. I was like, you know, every time, because I'll post like certain things um, in my stories when I like read something about a manifester. And mm-hmm. I'm like, people who don't know what human design is think I'm just like, yeah, I'm a person who manifests. I'm like, they need to change the name. Like, I feel like I don't want it to be called a manifester. It needs to be called something different. So like. um, it's so funny you say that. I'm going to have to Google it because um, Karen Curry Parker is a um, she's amazing and she came up with new new names. So I think Good. I think I'll have to I'll have to look it up. But I think the manifester is the initiator. Oh, Which, I'll take it. Sounds that's what you do. Like, that's yes. what you do. And I can't remember what mine is, but I would, it would probably take me too long to like look it up. But look up Karen Curry Parker if you're listening and you're like, what is she talking about? Um, but she kind of updated all of the names. Um, and oh, this is the thing with human design. Like, there's so many misconceptions out there. It's, it's such a deep, it's it's really a spirit like it's a spiritual deep modality like uh, it totally is spiritual it but it also is logical too so it really combines masculine and feminine energy like you can dive so deep to where you can shift your dna with it mm, like interesting yeah it go it goes so deep but some of the terminology it, it sucks like some of the original terminology is disempowering mm. and so like people like Karen, they created new, new terminology because words are so powerful. And like one of the, some parts are like certain aspects, something's called a martyr and a heretic. And I'm like, ew, like, I don't want to be a martyr or a heretic. And right. new terminology is the scientist and the mentor, mm. um, at least what I use. So be careful when you're consuming content and that's with anything, like listen to your body and don't just like do your own research and feel into how you feel about the information. And just because someone says you're this doesn't mean that it's for you. Um, I'm a big, big person to say, like, take what resonates and leave the rest. Yeah. Kind of take it with a grain of salt situation. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. Um, okay. So I want to get into it today. We're going to talk about communication. Now, yes. this conversation could go, oh my God, it could go a million different directions. So I'm not really sure where we're going to start with this. But before we started recording, we were just kind of talking about how we, how our communication level has changed. Right. I know Mm -hmm. for me, I was very, I, anger was like my go-to, go-to thing, which I'm sure is part of me being a manifester, right? Frustration, (laughs) right? Or is it anger? No, it is literally anger. Yeah. (laughs) Which we can talk about. (laughs) Yeah. So I would, my communication style was so bad because I would get mad, defensive, like immediately if it was something that I didn't want to hear or felt like I was being attacked or whatever, I I was very, very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And over the years, kind of, you know, doing this internal growth and all this stuff, I've learned how to communicate And it has helped me with my clients find the chair. It has helped me with my friendships. It has helped me with my husband. It has helped me with my mother. It has helped, like, it it has helped me with my son. It has literally, like, shifted my life in such a positive way, being able to speak what I need Mm. without Mm -hmm. hurting someone's feelings or making them feel like they're not important or validated or whatever. And um, so how has 
how has communication shifted for you over the course of your life? Oh, it was such a good question. And I, I really resonate with what you say. I, I was more so a mute. <laughs> like mm. I, I just wouldn't say anything. What is and that called? Fawning, right? When you just like, I like think just so. shut off, I think. Yeah. It was more like, and now through the lens of human design and you have this too. So I'm curious how you, re- this resonates, but the, there, without getting into the terminology, there's a certain part that it's all about emotions. And so for me and you, uh, we have an open solar plexus. And if you're fall, if you got your chart and you're following along, it's a little triangle on the right-hand side, but we, when we're by ourselves, we're cool, calm and collected. Mm -hmm. And when we're around people who have that defined the emotional people, the emotional wave, they're transmitting emotions all the time. We come into contact with that. We're like, Oh shit. Like what the hell? Like there is something wrong here. And so the shadow side of that is not speaking your truth because you're afraid of the emotional response of the other person. So Mm -hmm. communication with friends, with my family, with partners, I would, in my head, uh, something would hurt me or I'd be frustrated or upset or whatever. And I was like, I should talk about this. But in my head, I was like, they're going to react a certain way. I don't want to deal with that shit. So I'm just going to suck it up. Right. That And then (laughs) that's not healthy because the resentment builds and they have no freaking clue. And I know with my former partner, I would like bring up things like six months later. And he'd be like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about because I forget about this whole situation. So that was me where I would just bottle it all up and try to deal with it on my own. Um, So I have since shifted. And I like how you talked about asking for what you want, like, Mm -hmm. especially in relationships, people are not mind readers. No, that's something I talk about a lot now because I I see that a lot where people are like, well, I want this and I need this from this person. And then I, my first question is always, well, did you tell them that? And it's, they never, they're always like, well, no. Well, then I'm like, then they, then they don't know what the hell you're, you want. Like you, you have to, and you have to be specific sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of conversations with my neighbors about, you know, like husbands and whatnot. And it's like, and I, and I love my husband, but I have to be very specific with what I want. I can't just say, I want you to do this and then expect that he's going to do it, do the it way you want and him do to. it the way I want him to do it and do it at the time that I want him to do it. Like I have to say, I want you to put the trash can out on the street right now. <laughs> I would never say it like that, but you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it has to be specific. Cause he, he doesn't know, like, we are not mind readers and we yeah. think that people are because we expect, we expect that from other, we expect it from ourselves. We expect it from other people. Mm-hmm. But I think if any time that we start communicating, right. So like, I'm feeling a certain way because you said something to me, right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this whole story in my head that I think you're thinking right? <laughs> that you are not thinking that you just said in passing, you're going to forget all about, I'm going to think about it for months and months and months and months and months. It, when I could have just said, Hey, Lindsay, what did you mean by that? And it all like could have cleared the whole fucking thing. Right. Yep. Like, so we have to learn how to communicate. And I really think it's a practice. It, oh, it yeah. took me a long time. <laughs> it, it is. And I remember when I was starting to communicate with my ex, I would, it would, it would almost be like, <laughs> there'd be times where I would say, Hey, can I share something with you? And I need to talk about my feelings. And then it was like word vomit. 
And I don't even know if I made any sense, but I was just like, and he would just be like, okay. And so in the beginning, and then after I said it all, I was like, like, you don't even need to do anything because now I feel so much better. You just need to get it out to the right person. Yes, exactly. And so in the beginning, it was definitely, it's like going to the gym and working a muscle. It's that communication muscle and understanding how, like putting people in the receptive mode, like that's a big thing instead of just, you know, dishing out on them, like asking first, like, Hey, you know, can I, can I share something with you? And that is so powerful. That's a little shift that is just so powerful because then they're ready and they can say, no, can we talk about it later? And then you're like, okay, cool. And that that's a big one for sure. Well, speaking with relationships, I mean, I don't know how many times like, you know, we'll be home, I'll be home or, you know, a woman will be home and the husband walks in tired from work and we've been waiting to talk about something. So we like attack them at the door with what we want to talk about, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And they are not ready. They, they, I read a book somewhere that says a man needs, um, I want to say like 30 to 45 minutes to just decompress when he gets home. That makes and- sense. Yeah. And we don't do that. We like attack them because we've been dying to talk about it. And and then we wonder why they get defensive or they get mad or whatever. And I think that you're right. It's that little thing. Like I could wait 45 more and let him take a shower, let him change, let him like mm-hmm. wash the day off. And then, Hey, you know, there's something I'd like to talk about. Are you in the mood and yeah. go from there? Because sometimes we perpetuate the fight and we don't even mean to. Oh yeah. That's so true. And then I think sometimes too, like, if you came from a K so much of our communication style comes from our parents, like, mm-hmm. and relationships, a lot of the patterns that we have in relationships are mirroring what we saw in relationship in our parents. Mm-hmm. And I know from my parents, my, my mom never spoke up. She never talked about anything. And dad was always like, she was just such a people pleaser, codependent and super the fawning, you know, just like, okay, John, whatever, whatever, whatever you want. Like, and she never communicated, but then she was really bitter. She's a projector and she was really bitter. And then she would talk about that to us, my, my, me and my sister, like when we got older and like going through my, my journey of relationships, I'm like, oh shit, no wonder I'm like this because my mom was. And so like, we don't learn communication and it's, it's a shame that we don't, but now like you and I, when we have kids, like you've got a kid, I want kids eventually, like we can teach them how to communicate. And then the next generation doesn't have to go through hopefully what we went through. Yeah. I, that's the biggest thing for, for my son. And, um, he turns eight next Saturday and Mm -hmm. he is a great communicator and not just about what he needs or wants, but he's very good at communicating his emotions, which was like my number one thing is like, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be mad. You still need to be kind. We still need to talk about it. But if you Mm -hmm. want me to leave you alone, you can say, I need some time alone. Like, you know, it's very, and it's funny. He was, he goes across the street to um, one of our friend's houses because they have um, a little boy he plays with. And she told me yesterday, she was like, oh, Declan was in a mood the other day. And I was like, was he? She was like, yeah, he just kept saying he didn't want anyone to talk to him. (laughs) And when, when I said, well, Declan, do you want to go home? And he goes, I I feel like I might want to go home. And I'm like, good for him for like, you know, like saying like, no, my feeling is that, yes, I'm thinking I want to go home. He's still working Mm. it out in his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is important because I mean, I'm going to bring it kind of around to like behind the chair, 
Like it leaks into that. Like it leaks into how we talk to our clients, how we talk to um, employees, how we talk to, you know, all of the things, mm-hmm. friends, um, everything. And I think that it is important to understand how important transparent communication actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so you worked behind the chair for how long? Over 10 years. Did you struggle with communication? Yeah. So I, (laughs) yes, I, um, was made, I did commission for a year and then I basically did booth rent independent the rest of the time. And I remember the, one of the first communication, uh, issues that I had was when I left my, my salon and, Missy, like, I will never forget this conversation. So I went to Paul Mitchell and they told me, like, keep a record of everyone. Like I had a notebook full of every single client's number, formula, everything. Right. And I like kept massive records and she saw it and she didn't have any, she didn't have any policies about, I couldn't take my clients with me. And so after a year, I built up a really good clientele and I was like, I'm, I'm going independent. And having that conversation with her, Oh my God. I can't remember her name, but I like pulled her aside and I was so nervous. I was like, Oh my God. And I said, Hey, I need to put in my two weeks. And the, the emotions that flashed through her eyes, like anger, rage, like sadness, like freaking out. I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I had never seen that before. And she was so pissed. And she was like, you can just finish out the weekend leave. And I was like, okay, cool. Like that's how this is going down. But that, that situation, especially after I had already decided to become independent, I was like, I never want to work for someone again. And I know that that's like, that's a tricky situation. Anytime you leave somewhere, it's like, you're supposed to give two weeks, but then they can just let you go that day. And it's just a little wild. Um, right. But yeah, that was the first one that I can remember. And then the, the clients, you know, the redos or the upset clients, like I didn't, I, it gave me so much anxiety. I hated it. And it, it made me feel so bad because I took it so personally and we do that behind the chair. Like we take it so personally and yeah, those, those situations were definitely hard. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, taking things personally is something I've been talking about a lot lately mm. because I feel like that is the problem with our business is we do get attached to people. Like we, we build mm-hmm. relationships. We are literally in the relationship building business. We yeah. just so happen to make their hair pretty. Right. And, um, and it's hard not to take it personal, right? Like, but, but even with communication, as we're having this conversation, we have to remember that, like, when you're communicating, it's not just you speaking, Mm -hmm. you are speaking to someone else who also has feelings and also has emotions and also has opinions and whatnot, Mm -hmm. who also might not be good at communicating. Right. (laughs) So, So it's like, there's actually two parties to the, to the situation. And I think a lot of times our narcissistic ego selves, you know, we take something so personal and we think, oh, they left me because of this, or they're mad because of this. When I can think of so many times when a client was upset about something. And then I think about what was going on in their lives. Yeah. Like I'll never forget when I officially realized that I actually like need to charge for a blow dry. Like, cause I was doing like, um, like a color and then I would do a blow dry and I just like would add it 
and it was, it was like, I was in the negative in the end. And I remember this one client, she had just like left her job. I think she got laid off. Like, you know, all of these things, she was with me for so long. And when I did that, she sent me this text message and she was like, um, I don't understand why I have to pay more for less. Now, granted, this was also a client that would leave wet all the time. Uh, and I, well, she would want to, cause she was going to the gym and I'd be like, no, let me just blow dry it. Yeah. So technically she, she could have still left wet. Like she was just used to me kind of spoiling or whatever. And I, it was very hard for me at first. She was with me for a long time. She did end up leaving me during this time. Mm. And I had to realize I was like, oh, she's got stuff going on in her life. Yeah. You know, and I just like upped her cost when she lost her job. I mm-hmm. like, I thought of all these things and, and that maybe that wasn't the reason. Maybe I really did just piss her off, whatever. <laughs> but I think a lot of times we just focus so much on, well, it was all us. Yep. And we totally. don't think about the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and something you like, I love that you brought up the other side. Like we have issues communicating, but then the clients do as well. And towards the last three, the last three years that I did hair or like four years, um, I really got into entrepreneurship. I got, I was going through a personal development journey. So I was shifting how I was doing things behind the chair. And I would, I could feel like what I'm so intuitive. Like I could feel, you know, and I was very, like hard on myself. Like if it didn't come out the way I wanted it to, I would redo it or I would have them come back. Um, but I would always say, especially with new clients, I want you to be happy with your hair. If you go home and you don't let, like, especially when I could tell, like I could feel something that they, it wasn't what they wanted or whatever. I was like, let me know. Like, I want you to let me know because we can work on this together. Now, you got to be careful with that. Like if you did the consultation, it like you have to protect yourself as well, because you don't want someone going home and washing it with, with Pantene and then coming back and saying, you know, this got messed up. So you have yeah. to have your policies in place, but I would always preface, let me know if you're not happy because I'll work with you. And I think opening that door to let them know, I will take care of them. If they, if there is an issue, um, and we'll work it out together, then that puts them in hopefully like they'll tell you because that's a lot of why people leave is that there could have been an easy fix, but they didn't want to say that they don't like their hair. Yeah. And so I think it's really powerful when we can empower them to communicate, but then you also protect yourself with your policies and, and the way you do your consultation. And I think also we can circle into consultation because there's so, so <laughs> I have this theory that there are massive limited beliefs with clients and the way that we communicate with our consultations are, it can be so incredibly powerful to prevent redos and to prevent angry clients because of the limited beliefs. And I have a story about this. If you want me to go into it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now <laughs> so, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, I want to teach a masterclass about this because I don't think anyone's talking about it. So when I was young, like I was, I was probably 11, 12, something like that. I got butchered. My hair got butchered and, um, I forgot about this, but the, what I remembered was some other time where my hair got like, they, he chopped, like he's, I said a couple inches and it was at my collarbones. And the next thing I know, he's chopping it to my chin. Right. And, I was like, what in the actual hell? 
And it was awful and it traumatized me. And then I was talking to my mom and she's like, you got traumatized when you were a teen. So I, I said what I wanted. They didn't give it to me. And then I created the limited belief of every time I get my hair cut, they always cut it one to two inches shorter than what I want. Mm. Guess what? Every time I got my hair cut, because what you believe comes true. So every time I got my hair cut, that's what happened. So fast forward to a couple of years ago, I was working with, uh, I was sharing a suite with my friend Gabrielle and she cut my hair right before the holidays. And same thing. It was at my collarbones. I just wanted a trim. And then she's cutting my hair and it's at my chin. And I'm like, cool. Like, like, what can you do in that moment? I'm like, well, I can't glue it back on. I'm going to have to deal with this. And I like went home and I was pissed. Like I was so pissed for like a like weeks. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to her. Like, I'm just going to be pissed. The communication thing. Right. And then I was like, whoa. And I got the limited belief, like download. And so I, I talked to her and it was hard. It was a hard conversation. I was like, Hey, Gabrielle, like you're so good with consultations. And I said so many times, I don't want it shorter than my collarbones. And what happened? Like what was going through your mind? And she's like, you know, it was so weird because I did your hair and we had talked about it and I knew that you wanted it longer, but then it just kind of like after, like, it was almost like, I think that the subconscious took over because my body, my limited belief is every time I get it cut one to two inches shorter. And so that communicated with her and she was like, I don't really know what happened, but it looked really good on you. But as I was, I was blow drying, I was like, Ooh, I don't think this (laughs) is what she wanted. Yeah. Right. And then I could think of so many times, literally my last client that I ever did. I like, she was pissed because of, uh, something that I did, but I think that it's very powerful when this is the verbiage that I've come up with of this also happened with, uh, one of the times I was getting my hair done. And I was like, I don't want to be this blonde. And whenever I left the chair, I was that blonde. Oh, so like, oh, that's like with children. So they say the no. Yes. Yes. If you tell them don't, don't jump off the couch. All they hear is jump. Jump Like now they want to jump off the couch. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So because the universe doesn't know, no. So when you say, I don't want this, the, the universe and the subconscious minds hear exactly what you said. I want that. So this is like a huge tip in consultations. When people are saying, I don't want this say, well, what do you want? Tell me yes. what you want because then I can work with you because then you won't have that potential slip up of the subconscious mind. And I was talking to a lot of people and they were like, well, there's free will and like all that sort of stuff, but our limited beliefs are creating our reality. And I know so many times I would do something and I'd be like, what in the actual fuck? Like I did everything right. Like how did this come out this way? And I totally believe it's that lit, that client limited belief. Oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. I'm going to have to pay attention to that now behind the chair. Mm -hmm. And that's the the simple shift of, okay, you're telling me what you don't want, but tell me what you want. Let's work with what you want so that our, our bodies are on board (laughs) and we, we give you what you want, not what you don't want. Yeah. Uh, You know, what's interesting. Another like kind of thought that I was thinking about kind of around like communication and stuff, but like I was talking to a younger stylist, um, in the salon this past week and I, we were talking about boundaries and stuff. And I was like, clients love 
boundaries. They Mm -hmm. love when you say how you do things. Like they don't want to guess. They don't want to figure it out. They want you to tell them how you like to work and then they can make their decisions from there. And that was kind of something that I was like, it was like an epiphany because I've known that I've, I've been pretty good with my boundaries ever since I went out on my own. I don't know if that, is that a manifester thing? That like <laughs> Informing. Yeah. Telling yeah, people okay, there you what go. you're See, doing. And that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just want to, this is how I do things. You can take it or leave it. Yeah. And I think again, there's this fear of creating boundaries when in mm-hmm. actuality, I think the right clients want them. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't want to have to figure it out. No. They no, want it easy. Tell me what to do. Yes. 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 And the other thing from a human design lens is 70% of your clientele and your audience, everyone on earth are, are generators and we need things to respond to. So it's like, these are my boundaries. This is my process. This is how it's set up. And they get to respond yes or no. Mm. And it's very interesting that you say that because, so I, I'm single and I'm dating and I'm dating this guy and we had this, um, there's a framework to talk about before you have sex with someone. And it's like talking about sexual health. It's talking about what it like defining the relationship, essentially it's setting the boundaries. It's talking about desires. It's like, there's a whole framework for it. And when I was thinking about this framework, cause I had known about it before. And then he like brought it up and uh, he was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yes. And when I was like, before I was like, well, this, this is very unsexy. Like it's not a very sexy conversation. No, no. However, when we had it, it was a little awkward in moments, but it was so amazing because it set the, it set the container. It's like, there's no wondering, are we together? Are we not together? Are you going to, do you want to cuddle afterwards? Do you want me to text you afterwards? Like it literally lays everything out. And in that container, because I knew everything like, okay, this is what it is. This is what's going on. I don't have to worry about this or that or the other thing. Then the amount of play and pleasure and like fun that was had in that container was so incredibly powerful. It's more powerful than I've ever had before. Mm. And that's exactly what it is that you can create for your, for your, your clients. So they know, they know the boundaries. Like this is the circle you play within the circle, you go out of it. We can't play anymore. (laughs) And it's so incredibly powerful. And that like shifted the whole game. I was like, I'm using this framework for every single person that I date because it's so incredibly powerful, but we don't talk about the, I never, ever, ever had that conversation because I was like, Ooh, that's awkward. I don't want to talk about that. But when you have that framework then it's like, okay, this is a framework. Then we have, you have the, the guidelines for it. It's magical. So it's funny. All right. So we're kind of going to completely switch gears here for a second, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that kind of got me thinking of something I read recently about, um, how like sexual intimacy is, how it, we have this lens through movies and porn and like all these things that we've seen that we have this idea of what like sexual intimacy is through this like fake lens, but in actuality, like it can be a good conversation. It can be like, it doesn't even have to actually be an orgasm or like something Mm -hmm. like that. Like, and I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Cause I I'm like, yeah, like there's this idea that you have to do things like this. And it's like, no, I don't want to, I don't like that. (laughs) 
I love that we're talking about this. It's like <laughs> the, 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 the path that we're taking is so entertaining. Um, I'm sure. You know, I don't keep it streamlined on this podcast. <laughs> we're all over the place. I, sometimes I, I struggle it. with how to like name things. So <laughs> like, I'm like, what is this one called? <laughs> what was the first thing we talked about? Okay. That's going to be the topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. And I love that. Like, that's what I've been experiencing because I'm dating in a whole new way. I've, I've really studied a lot. The past two relationships I've had were the learning of what not to do and what I didn't want. And so I'm going about things in a different way. And you're so right. Like we learn that the object of sex is having an orgasm or whatever. And that is not the object of sex or sexuality is pleasure. And I've been really getting into Tantra or tantric practices. And it's like your women, we need like 20 minutes before we can even get into like the good stuff. Right. (laughs) So like, like just like a quickie wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, sure. That can be fun sometimes, but Ooh, when you like wait the 20, when you just explore someone's body and you do the, you do the foreplay, you do the 20 minutes. And then your goal is to stay in the Valley of pleasure as long as you can. Mm. And when your part, like it's reading your partner, when your partner is about to hit the point of no return, it's bringing them down. And then same thing, bringing them down. And Ooh, when you can stay in that land of pleasure, it's, it's amazing. And so like, Lindsay's a tease. That's what we're learning. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, have you ever done the, uh, the erotic blueprint test? No, this is, oh, I will yeah. say this is like the first public sex conversation I've probably ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm all about this stuff. This is what I've been diving into lately. We're naming um, this one. We're going to name it communication and sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, oh, that, I'm, you know what? I'm writing that down. <laughs> um, so what is that? So you can Google it, but it, it's, it's kind of like the five love languages, but for sex and there's the, um, the sensual, the energetic, the shape shifter. Um, there's like a kinky one. And I forget what the, the other one was, but mine, my two main ones are, are sensual and, uh, energetic. And so, Ooh, I love teasing, like teasing and being teased. Like that is just something that, that I love, but not the, the last partner I was with. He, that wasn't his way of it's the same as love languages. Like yes. you give in the way that you receive. And so when you can, when you can understand this is what my partner likes and like the open dialogue, like the, the partner that I I'm playing with right now, he, he always thought he's like, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. He's a manifester. Mm. And we were literally talking about this last night. I was like, I'm a generator, a manifesting generator. I'm a responder. I love it when you say, I want you to do this. And I can say, Ooh, yeah. Or I can say, no, I don't want to. And like, we don't, we, that goes back to the reading the mind. Like they can't read your mind. Mm-mm. And it's t- talking about all of the things. Like you can talk about what the desires that we have such, as humans, we have deep, like carnal desires and we have fantasies and we have different things that we come up with in our mind, but we don't share them with our partners. And when you share that, it feels good to let them know. And then they can either say, yeah, that sounds awesome or no, or yeah, that sounds awesome, but here's the boundary. And 
I know for me, I never did that. I never talked about what I wanted. Mm -mm. No. And now I do. And oh my God, it's amazing. And so many aspects of that, not just with sex. I mean, you know, just little things like I'm trying to think of a good example, like even with friends, like, Mm. oh, okay. For example, um, this weekend, all my neighborhood friends are going out together and I have, I'm going out of town, so I can't go. And I'm sad. I'm like the only one who can't go. Everyone's excited. There's like eight people, like, you know, nobody, all the moms never can go out all together at the same time, whatever. Anyway. So (laughs) instead of just like FOMOing and being like sad Mm. and like, you know, I told them, I said, Hey, send me one picture just to let me know y'all are thinking about me and Aww. it will make me feel better. And that's it. That. And, and I was like, I just, cause I would, I'd be like just sad and like, you know, uh, be all down <laughs> on myself. But I'm like, no, I just want them to know, like do this for me. It'll make me feel better. Oh, and, so and, and that's it, you know, and, and then have fun and forget all about me. Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is fine. But, but I feel like we're scared to say shit like that. Right. Yeah. Cause we're, we're scared. scared that we won't get what we want. Or be judged for it or, you know, like, I I mean, that's always been my thing is like, I don't Mm. want, I I don't know if I care anymore, but for the longest time, like, I don't want people to judge me or, you know, like, um, but now it's like, no, like that, that would make me feel good. And there's fucking eight girls. One of them will remember. Like, yeah, you know totally. what I mean? and, like and if they don't, it's fine. Like, yeah. you know, they will, they will. I know Well, I think I know one of them will. <laughs> um, but it's like, I just. I know that that will just make me feel better. And why not Mm -hmm. ask for that? Mm -hmm. Why not ask for it? 100%. And something that came to mind when you're saying that it was kind of go kind of goes back to the boundaries thing. I learned this. I'll never forget it. It's boundaries show people how to love you. Mm, Yes. Because they don't know if they, and most people, like most people are generally good at heart. Like we don't Mm want to hurt people. We don't want to be jerks. Like, but if we don't know, we don't know. Like you can't get mad at someone for not knowing. Like, right. especially if you're not telling them <laughs> what right. you want. Um, but I love that with friends, with, with communication. It's just, it's, it's so incredibly powerful and using our voices. And that's also how you manifest too. Like you have to say it out loud and use your frequency and your voice in order for it to potentially happen. And yeah, you might, you might be told, you might be judged, but who gives a fuck? (laughs) And you might not get what you want. Or it's like, yeah, we can do that, this, but how the compromise comes in, like, yes. And how about this? Right. Right. So it's just, it's so much easier when you can just straight up tell people, like communicate what's on your heart, what's on your mind. Everyone wants that deep down. And then you're a leader. Like you, you can inspire other people to then do the same thing. It's interesting though, once you start communicating and you start noticing the lack of communication with people, I find (laughs) that very fascinating. And I'm very much like when I'm like, if you and I are talking, I get this a lot where people are like, let me think of how to say this. And I'm like, say it exactly how it's in your mind. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm giving you permission to say it mm-hmm. as harsh as you need to say it if you need to, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause it's like, no, don't think about how to say it to like sugarcoat yeah. it. Just, just say, it. and I'm not saying that everyone's going to want that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I'm okay with that, you know, yeah. I'm not, you know, but, but I think it's fascinating because there's so many people that worry about how they're going to say things and if they're going to say it the wrong way. And I do think that there, mm-hmm. there is a learning 
process on how to communicate. Yeah. Um, cause, cause I've always been someone who says how I feel. I've never done it in a way that was a good, was good communication until the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be very harsh about it. I would be very like, well, that's how I feel. And fuck you. If you, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's not, nobody's going to receive that well. Yeah. Um, so, but it is interesting watching how other people do it now that I've learned so much on how to communicate. And it, mm-hmm. and so now I try to help people pull it out of themselves, you Ooh. know, and I don't know if that's always a good thing. I don't know if, you know, sometimes I so mean, far it's been okay, but one day I feel like I'm going to say it to the wrong person. I'm like, stop. <laughs> but then they're communicating, you know? Point. I like that. That's true. Yeah. And that's true. a big part of your design is your voice and informing and initiating people. And so when you're helping them, like when you're no, like tell, like, I want you to tell it like it is like, don't sugarcoat it. Like you, you're in a safe space. You can, you're allowing them, you're initiating, you're allowing them to, to work that muscle that they might not be able to work with other people. And so, you know, someone's like, Oh, this is too much for me. They'll say no. Like, right. And if they don't say no, I mean, you can pick up body language. Like that's the other thing of like picking, you get, when you go on this healing, personal development, inner work, whatever journey you want to call it, like you become so, you're so less wrapped up with your own shit that you pay attention to other people. And so you can read people and be like, you know, I can tell that it feel like, are you feeling this way? And how can we work through this? And so I think that's really powerful when you get to that point of awareness, not only with yourself, but other people, and then you can help pull it out of them um, and recognize, like, I feel this is hard for you, but I really want to know what's on your mind. You don't need to sugarcoat it. You don't need to, you know, tiptoe around because that's not going to help anything. Let's just get to the bottom, rip off the bandaid, get to the bottom of it. Yep. And realizing that all of us are individually living within our own realities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has been very huge for me. Cause yeah. you know, again, the ego, we're all like, oh no, it's about me. Everyone's thinking about me. Everyone's worried about me. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not at all. Not even a tiny bit. They're, they're literally overthinking their own lives over there. Yeah. So it's like 50% of the overthinking I do is like <laughs> for no reason whatsoever, because they're too busy overthinking other people that are probably not me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, so I think that was huge for me when it came to communication too, is like just realizing that my reality is not their reality. Mm -hmm. Even if I grew up with them or we've been friends for a long time, or they're a family member, like it's still not the same. Yeah. 100%. And it really, like you, you just said the, the amount of mental relief Think about all of that. Oh my God, the amount of energy that I would put towards creating stories in my head. Oh my God, especially behind the chair. I, like they would leave and I would feel like they hated their hair. I'd create that story. Oh, yes. And for months, you know, until I wasn't very good at pre looking around this time. And so, like for months, it would be like, oh my God, they hate their hair. It would be in the back of my mind. And then finally, when they texted to book again, I was like, oh, okay, they like me. Yes. And like the amount of energy that mm-hmm. I took to tell that freaking story that wasn't even true. 
Nope. Um, you know what? I, I help my clients. I tell them what, cause I did that too. And what I started doing is I would do a week later, I do a follow-up text message, Ooh, I like that. especially with new clients. And mm-hmm. I would just say, Hey, like just checking in, see how you're still loving your hair or, or just Love liking that. your hair, whatever. And you know, if there's anything that you want me to take note of for next appointment and they would always be like, no, I get so many compliments, blah, blah, blah. And it would like, just send like a relief Oh, I love that. And if they was something, oh, I'd like the bangs a little shorter or whatever, I would write it down and then they would feel like they could communicate with me easier. So it's a good, just a little tip for the listeners. That's, that's (laughs) powerful. Like it really is because, and then also with that human design wise, you're giving people something to respond to. Yep. Yes. And you're giving them that opportunity and you're also like letting them know that you care and you're not just another number Mm -hmm. or a head of hair in their chair, you know, like it, that's a beautiful practice. I love that. And it's scary. Yeah. There's anxiety behind sending that text, you know, Mm -hmm. because one, what if they don't answer? What if they don't like it? What if they say Mm -hmm. they aren't coming back? Like, you know what I mean? But, but But half the time that's a story. Exactly. And if they're it, like you said, I would probably say, cause whenever I would do that too, especially if I thought if I, like I started getting to the point where if I thought that they didn't like it, I would check in just for that, Mm -hmm. for the ease of mind. Um, and most of the time, I would say probably at least 75% of the time they're like, Oh my God, exactly. I love that. I'm getting so many compliments. And then a couple of times it'd be like, actually, I do want something different. And then I was like, okay, cool. Now we can, now we have something we can fix the, I don't want to say problem, but we can work on this together. Yes. And then you can quit that freaking story in your mind. Yeah. Um, finding ways to stop the story. (laughs) Well, I have a process for that. So who came up with this? Um, Byron Katie. This is a Byron Katie thing, and it's it's self inquiry. So when you're ha- when you're telling a story in your mind, you ask yourself, "Is this true?" Mm. And then you ask yourself, "How do I know it's true?" And then you ask yourself, "Who would I be without this thought?" Mm, interesting. So yeah. I do the first two. I don't. I've never done the last one. Yeah, it's very. It's very powerful because the mind is it who who said it, it was uh I think Alan Watts. It's like the mind is an amazing servant, but a terrible master. Mm. And our mind is just running rampant all day long. And so when you catch it, it's like, wait a minute, how do you know that's true? I'll say it to myself all the time, Lindsay, do you know that's true? And I'm like, right. no. How do you know that's true? Well, I don't, I would literally have to go call that person and ask them to find out if it's true. Right. (laughs) And I don't want to do that. So who am I without this thought? Like, okay, I can just leave it. Um, Something else I've been doing lately is with those thoughts that come in, especially the repeating ones that I'm working on, like, because the more energy you give it, the more life it has. And so if you can just allow it to pass through, then it'll, it'll stop coming through. And so with those, if you want to say negative or low vibe thoughts, I'm like, thank you. Love you. And as soon as I say that, it just kind of like, okay, like I acknowledge you. I love you. You can go now. You're gone now. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I, so I had a situation recently, so I like, will have these stories in my head. And sometimes I like, no, like, okay, have to have the conversation or this isn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And something kind of happened recently. It was a couple of months ago where I did not feel that I handled something correctly. So essentially Mm -hmm. one of my past, um, one-on-one clients had sent me a message and I felt like I like sold to her rather than supported her. And Mm. in my DM, 
terms. We weren't working together anymore, but like, I just, and it did not sit well with me. And I was in launch mode that week. So I think that I just kind of was like, go to, and for two months, I mean, this happened, I think two months ago for two months, it bothered me. And I, it blocked me, I think from getting any more one-on-one clients. Like it was very like, like, I think it was very like, that wasn't who I want to be as a coach. I should have done that. Blah, 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 blah. She wasn't rude. There was no like follow. I think she just liked it. And that for me was like, she's upset. (laughs) I mean, like my mind was like, oh, that was like, not what I should have done. So anyway, so it's something I, I talked about with a couple people. It was really bothering me. I could tell it was like kind of blocking my, my forward motion, whatever. Okay. And finally I was like, I'm sending the message. Cause I was like, I have to say something to this person. Yeah. So I did, I wrote it up. I, I said, that is not, it didn't feel good. It did not align with the coach that I want to be blah, 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 blah. If I'm overthinking this, you know, and, and you thought nothing of it fine, but I needed to send this message. I'm a huge Love fan it. of you, blah, blah, blah. So I find, I, I was nervous as shit. I'm sure. <laughs> immediately felt better. The moment yes. I sent it, I, it was like, it was gone. Yeah. And then she, of course she responded. She's like, I never, ever thought twice about it. Like it's, you know, like, and it was perfectly fine. So it was two months of like <laughs> stress and blocking things uh-huh. for this overthinking situation that just did not align with me, yeah. you know? And, but I'm so glad that I sent the message because one, yes, it made me feel better, you know? Uh-huh. And and I don't even know on the other end, but for me, it was like, it needed to happen because it was just literally stuck inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm to the point now that's taken practice. That's taken yeah. years of being like, oh, the conversation has to happen now, or yeah. it's going to block me forever. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like, it's very interesting. So I, I think this time it's like, okay, I need to stop waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I want you know? to stop waiting. I like reframing the need to want. Oh, I Um, like that. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because you don't need to do anything, but you want to. Right. Um, And yeah, like, but but that's the thing with, with awareness, like you catch it because I'm sure you knew, but then it's, uh, it's scary. Like, and I love that you tell that story because, and I've, I've had that too, where I'll like, you know, you kind of over, I'm sure you reread the thing like a million times and they're like, (gasps) Okay. Just like send. you can just send, yeah. just send it. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. And then it's out in the ether and you're just like, oh, okay, cool. Like regardless of what she says, now it's out of my system. You're not energetic. That's energetic. Like like totally feel the blockage from that because it's energetic. You're so wrapped up in that that you cannot be open to receive. Right. And it takes time. Like sometimes you catch it in two months, sometimes you catch it in a week, a day, an hour. Like it just your awareness gets the the time span starts getting shorter and shorter and shorter when you Mm -hmm. do more of this, this work where you focus more on, on the way you want to be. And the best, one of the best things you can do is, is shift your communication, set boundaries, create that container. So people know what to expect. Here's the circle. Here's how we play. You go out of the circle. We can't play anymore. Like it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to do for not only yourself, but other people. Yeah. And just getting shit off your chest. Like just, yeah, just that's the festers. <laughs> like it's like a disease. Like that's why a lot of people are, are unhealthy because we have all of these resentments. Think about like, that's why forgiveness is so powerful. It has nothing to do with the other person. Right. It's getting that shit out of your body and letting that energy go so that you can create space for what you do want. and when we, when we let it fester, it's like, it's, it's not healthy. 
it's not healthy yeah. at all. Right. Right. No, it's, it, it was a good, it was a good learning. I mean, I know this, but in this, I mean, I know it with friendships with my husband, you know what I mean? Family, yeah. but in a, in a more professional situation, this was kind of a first, you know, mm-hmm. and it was I like, okay, that. all right, got it. I'm going to, I know that that felt good. It felt yeah. good to be honest. You yeah. Know? And um, now, you know, going forward, it's like, we're all freaking human. Like we yep. make, we make, I do that a lot too, where it's like, you know, you'll say something and then you'll think about it. I, I actually had that happen with a client and she was like, is this included in the package? And then I was like, no, it's not. And I, I would like, I, I was just very point blank. And then I was thinking about it later and I was like, oh, you could have said that, said that in a different way. And so I went back and I said it in a different way. Yeah. And it's like, we're all human. Like mm-hmm. we, we, I don't like necessarily mistakes, but like we all do things. And then you think about it later, like, oh, and you can do, you can have redos. Like, yeah. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. Exactly what you said. And yeah. then look what happened. She didn't even care. She didn't even think well, about and, it. And switching it to like the hair world, like the behind the chair, some of my longest standing, most loyal clients are the ones that I made the biggest mistake on and mm-hmm. owned up to it. Yes. Ooh, the owning up of the mistake. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, so a tra- it's such a trust builder, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not even intentionally. I mean, I'm not going to intentionally make a mistake, but, well, yeah. but you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I'll never forget putting on a toner and then blow drying and going, nope, we, we're got to, we're taking this out. Yeah, you know, and they love it. They yeah. love that. Oh my God. Totally. If you're like, I don't know what happened. And you, you just let but it look so good. I hate when people try to talk them yes. into that. It looks good. Like, and they're mm. not happy. Like, no, what are you doing right now? <laughs> There have been some times where it didn't, I was like, it didn't come out exactly as we wanted, but do you like this? Because it does look awesome. Like there have been moments where, and they're like, yeah, oh my God, it's amazing. But then, I mean, I'm pretty sure clients know at least, at least surface level, we're chemical, like we're scientists buying a chair. Like you're literally using chemicals to alter their hair. Like science is not an exact every single, there's so many factors obviously that go into it. And so every time something like that would happen, I would definitely own up to it. And you can tell like when you're that first blow dry, that first section, you're like, no, no, we gotta go back. Like, what time do you have? Do you have to be out of here? Yeah, exactly. I always blow dry the the fringe first so that they can see. Cause I'm like, I'm not blow drying half the set and then I don't like it. I'm going to be like, here you go. Here's a preview. You tell me what you think and we'll move on. (laughs) Well, and I used to be the opposite. Like I would blow dry the back first and then I was like, oh shit. And then I blow dry the whole thing. And there was earlier in my career, I was like, maybe they won't know. Maybe they won't notice. Like, I don't want to redo this. And then they would notice. And I'd be like, and so then I started doing that too. Plus it gives them confidence. Like if you're, if you're blow drying them, not in the mirror where they can't see themselves, like I get nervous when I do my hair. Like when I get oh, my hair right. done, I know. I'm like, <gasps> like I'm, I'm, I try to not, I, my, my hairstylist, James, he has been amazing because I will freak, like I've had freak outs and I'm like, I freaked out. I love you. Like, thank you for putting up with the neurotic hair, the neurotic client. I get it. I'm that person. I'm trying right, not right. to be. <laughs> um, I think hairstyles are the worst, the worst clients ever. So <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm the worst. I am I'm, too. Yeah. I'm so, I'll be like, here, take this piece right here. Texture just this piece. Will you put a highlight right here on this piece? Like, I'm so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really um, wish that I could just pop off my head and put it on a mannequin stand and do it myself. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. <laughs> um, okay, Lindsay, before we end this, 
one question for you. What does being a cash confident stylist mean to you? Oh, I love that question. The way that I'm going to answer this is recognizing that money is energy. And oh, I heard I was at a networking event the other day and this woman was talking about how she's quitting her nine to five job and she was going out on her own and all of her family was like, what are you doing? You have no safety net. And she was like, I am money. I am money. And wherever I go, money flows to me. And I was like, oh, girl, that's amazing. I like that. I, I love like that, that. that confidence. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we're, the I was teaching a master class the other day and uh, Crystal L was in it. And she was talking about, we were talking about the flow of money. I'm shifting money and like it flows in of the account. It flows out. It's money. Like it's current mm-hmm. currency. And we, Crystal brought up that we're 83% water. And so she was like, I love that you're talking about money as flow and water. And then someone else said currency, current water. Yeah. And so when you under, you are, you have everything within you, like you are the money and wherever you go, money flows. And so, yeah, that's what it means to me. I love that. I love that. I want you to tell the people where they can find you. Oh, thank you. All the places. All the places. Uh, I hang out on Instagram the most. I'm Lindsay Means with an underscore. Um, and DM me. Let's chat. Like human design. I, I could talk about human design, inner work, healing all freaking day long. And I want to help. My mission is to bring human design to as many hairstylists as possible. So DM me a copy of your chart. I'll give you some insight. We'll chat. Um, I do one-on-one sessions. I've got a membership that's all about human design and healing and inner work. And I'm starting a mentorship soon. So check me out. Let's talk. And I'm excited to meet you. Awesome. Lindsay, I could talk to you about this for hours. So (laughs) we're going to cut it off now because, you know, I'm like, oh, what are we talking about now? We've had sex, boundaries, communication. Thank you for coming on. You're always welcome. You know that. Um, So thank you for having me. Any chat where let's do it again. Yay. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.